right, you guys go ahead and have a seat. I encourage you to go ahead and take your Bible. Uh, if you have one, maybe your phone, go ahead and open up with me to Exodus. We're going to be uh, kind of skipping around a little bit tonight. Go ahead and open with me to Exodus chapter 5. Let me go ahead while you're turning there and just welcome you guys who made it in the room tonight. Man, I respect you guys. You guys are going through a lot and you still made it. And those of you online, we got a growing number uh, watching online with us. Maybe they can't be here for whatever reason. But listen, we are so glad that you guys have joined in with us uh, for another week of Canceled. And so we have a couple more weeks of this left. Um, And so as we have been kind of building up to this moment, I don't know about you, but like there's been so many things that I've been able to kind of take to heart uh, during these past few weeks. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the one teaching it, but like there's been so many things that God has kind of brought to my mind um, and just really kind of sanctified me um, as I've been walking through these things. And so tonight is no different talking about the beast of regret. And so as we as we really come face to face with regret tonight, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a word that we have all used before, maybe even this week, something that has held us back, uh, I, I believe even far greater than some of the other things that we have talked about, like shame and, and guilt and all those things. But regret has a certain, just a certain thing to it, right? Whenever it comes to your life and your decisions and the things that you have taken part in, there's this natural cause of regret that comes up. And if you're if you're not careful, man, it has the ability, like we've been talking about, like to sideline you from your purpose. And so like through tonight, I, I just, I want to dive into this. And so we're not going to talk about a ton of scriptures tonight, but there's going to be a couple in chapter five and a couple in chapter six that we're going to dive into. So go ahead, maybe get a pen out, maybe get your phone ready, take pictures of the screen, do whatever you would like to do, however you like to take notes tonight. So we're going to be in, start out in Exodus chapter five. Verse 22 and 23. So continuing with the life of Moses, as we come to tonight, it says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. And so at this point, we are coming up to the story of Moses, right? So we have studied a lot of Moses at this point. So we're coming up. God has given him the command. God has told him what to do, how to do it. God, he's been face-to-face with God, right? And so like the, all the different experiences, all the different miracles, like last week, like he turned the staff into a snake. And we're like, nope, yep, I would run from that too. And so like God has shown himself in all different ways to Moses in this moment, but this, this is kind of where we come face to face with the idea of regret. And so here's the first thing that we see is that it keeps you focused on the past. This is what regret does, and I'm pretty sure if we went around the room tonight, we would see that, right? We would understand that we would all agree on that, that regret, the main thing that it does is it keeps you focused on the past. I love how this scripture kind of lays it out for us because really it, it uses all the terms that are in the past. It uses all these uh, sayings, all these words, all these different things of how to tell the story of Moses in the past tense. Like Moses has already done something. He has been somewhere. He has made decisions. He has done something for God. And now we are to this point inside of his life. And so here's what we see from these first couple scriptures tonight. If you're not careful... Get this, the past can be better at reminding you of how you failed rather than how faithful God is. 
If you're not careful, this is what the past does, right? And so obviously it's the same for all of us in the room tonight. Like the past serves one or two things. It serves either to show you how much you've messed up as you look back at your past. Oh, man, I've done this. I've said this. This is me. This is kind of where I've been. Or number two, man, I look back and I just see God's faithfulness all throughout my life. And can I just tell you that both are true tonight? Yes, number one, you have messed up in your past, right? We have all messed up in our past. But number two, God is also so, so faithful, right? But if you're not careful, when it comes to your past, when it comes to regret making you focus on the past, what we can be very easy to do is remind ourselves way more of how we failed than how faithful God is inside of our life. And that's the dangerous place to be, right? Because we've already talked about this, like life is not about us. Life is not about me, it's not about you. And so to make your life all about what you've said wrong, what you have done wrong, all the bad decisions, to make that about you is really forsaking who God is, right? And so it is all about what God is doing inside of your life, even the failures in your life. I I love how scripture It's very specific about this. If you look through it with me, it's going to be on your screen as well. Like Moses is literally saying the things that we say. He said, why, Lord, right? There's number one. If you're highlighting or taking notes, I would encourage you to do that. Number two, is this why you sent me? Number three, ever since I went to Pharaoh, and then he kind of keeps going with the story. Number four, you have not rescued your people at all, right? And so Moses is in this moment, again, having a conversation with God. And so looking back on his past, since he is so focused on his past in the moment, what happens is he is saying, all right, I'm going to take all the blame on me. I'm going to take everything and put all the weight on what I can or cannot do inside of my life. And so therefore, God, I'm going to respond to you and say, God, why, Lord, why, why have you allowed this to happen? Or like, God, is this really why you sent me? Like, do you realize, God, that ever since I went to Pharaoh, this has happened? Or how about this one? You have not even rescued your people at all. And so Moses is going through all these different scenarios in his life, and this is what we see. We see the past coming to surface inside of his life, right? This is what we see through this, is that the past is coming up and is boiling up, and Moses is paying more attention to his past. Therefore, the regrets that he, maybe I did something wrong, maybe something happened in my life, maybe maybe like God had a different plan in mind, like I don't know what the situation is, but like I just know I'm going to question God in this moment. It's very interesting how some scholars sum this up. There's a quote It says it like this, it was a good question and Moses did so well to so boldly speak his heart to God. Yet Moses had already forgotten what God told him at the burning bush, that Pharaoh, what, would not easily let go of Israel. So this is so interesting when you look at it from this viewpoint, Moses' life and his story up to this point. Like we know, obviously, the life of Moses, how he has had a conversation with God, how he has had orders from God, he's had commands from God. God said, I want you to do this in your life. I want you to take note of this. I want you to go do this on my behalf. You're the man, you're the one I want. Like no matter what you've done or said, you're the one I want. And so it's interesting because it's, it's really cool how you look through this and you see that like Moses, he's asking really good questions. Like, and he's he's very boldly to speak these exact questions. But at the same time, think about how quick that Moses is so easy to forget what God has already told him. God has warned him. He is saying, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a minute. It's not going to happen on your first try. I love to think about this 
when it comes to a correlation with inviting people to church, right? Like you don't just go out and invite people to church and every single person you invite says, oh yeah, I would love to do that. Like on the very first shot, that doesn't happen. If that was the case, every single person would do it, right? And so whenever it comes to inviting people to church, you gotta be constant and you gotta be consistent, right? And so it's the same way with the promises of God. It's the same way whenever we look at what God has told us to do inside of our life. We are so easy to forget even what God has already told us himself. And you're like, man, I've never heard an audible voice in my head before, and I'm not saying you have. I'm saying you have all these books, and you have all these words from God, and you have all these promises from God, and we are so easily to forget so many of them. And God is saying, no, 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 you gotta understand, I am faithful and I am good to you. The past should show you that. The past should show you. You should be able to take notes of all the times that I've come through for you. You may forget it that I said it's going to take a while for this promise to happen. You may forget that I said it's going to take some some time. It's going to take a moment for this to happen. It's not just going to happen the first try. But he said, you cannot say that I've never been faithful to you inside of your life. So here's the truth that we learned. If you're micromanaging your past, this means you're not making yourself available for the present. You're wasting your potential on something you cannot change. Think about your past with me really quick as we dive into this. Think about it. If you're micromanaging every single thing about your life, about your past, about your decisions, about the people you've hung out with, about all the things that you could say, man, that I would categorize that as regret inside of my life. If you're micromanaging everything, now yes, there's a certain degree, again, you need to acknowledge it and own up to that regret. Own up to that choice, own up to whatever you have done or said, own up to that. But if you're micromanaging it, this means, think about it with me, this means that you are literally stealing the potential of what God is wanting to do in the moment inside of your life. Why? Because you're not paying attention to what God wants to do in your life. You're saying, oh, well, I've done this this bad. I've said this this bad. I've made this bad decision. I've made this bad choice. And so all the times God like, okay, that's great. I, I knew that. I'm clapping obvious. I'm glad you told me that. But do you realize you keep telling me the same thing over and over and you're wasting your present potential, right? So be available in the present. Like, Don't waste what God has called you to do over something you can't change. Now, I'm not saying to go out and to sin against God and to, say, and to be a rebel and to say, well, I'm going to live how I want. I'm going to do what I want. And, well, God will forgive me anyway. No, that's not how God works. But I am saying, whatever you have done in the past, whatever, whatever situation that causes this regret to come up, you have to know and understand, man, you, number one, you can't change it. I don't know if you've ever realized that or not. You can't change it. So what does it help you to continue to micromanage it, to continue to think about it? Yes, use it in your story. Use it in your testimony to help others see, hey, wow, you're like me and Jesus saved you. Maybe he can save me too. Do that, but don't micromanage every single thing about all your mess-ups. They are not that important when it comes to heaven, right? So regret also does this. It makes you second-guess your current decisions. And this is where that last point leads us to. It makes you second-guess your current decisions. Chapter 6, if you can turn to chapter 6 with me just for a moment. We're going to be in verses 10 through 12. 
Again, you know, maybe whenever you go home or whatever tonight or maybe tomorrow, read through all of this. But, like, we're just going to, like, just really scan this tonight. So verses 10 through 12, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? This is where we're coming to the point inside of Moses' story that we see this idea of regret, of shame, of mess-ups inside of your life, of times you thought that it's never worked out or that God just maybe he's just not with you anymore. This is where we see that makes you not only do things for the past and get held up in the past, but it also says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sideline you from the present and current decisions that God currently has you in, right? This is what Moses is doing. Verses 10 through 12, like, like they've moved past all this. Then the Lord said to Moses, like, go, go tell him, like, go do this, right? Like, I know that you have failed one time, but you need to go and do this again. And he, here's the big kicker out of this. Sometimes, get this, sometimes God tells you to do something again that you failed at the first time. Have you ever thought about that in your life? Sometimes God, in his grace and in his mercy, just like he's doing with Moses right now. This is not the first time that he's told Moses to do this. Can we just take note of that, right? And so sometimes God tells you to do something again, and you're like, man, that that failed the first time. I failed it. I blew it. Like, there's regret. Do you, God, do you not understand like all, all the things that come up from that story of what you told me to do the first time or, or how I refused to do that the first time? Like, do, you, do you understand that? And God's saying, again, it's not about what you cannot do, but it's about what I can do inside of your life. So even though God, even though God sometimes tells you things over and over again and from your own mindset, you're like, man, this is not good. This is not going to be good for me like I felt the first time. Can I just remind you that God doesn't operate on our thinking skills. God God doesn't operate on what we can come up with. God doesn't operate on how we look back on our past and we see a certain thing. No, God says, if I tell you to do it five times, I need you to do it five times. If I, if, if I tell you to do it 10 times, I need you to do it 10 times. Like whatever the situation is, if you have failed at it 15 times, I need you to do it a 16th time because you never know what I'm going to do through your consistency. You never know what I'm going to do through your obedience. One scholar summed it up like this. He said, God told Moses to repeat what he had unsuccessfully done before in Exodus 5, verses 1 and 2. Moses felt this approach had failed once, so there was no sense in repeating it. Like, do, you, do you see how selfish that is, right, like in the life of Moses? He's like, Moses, like, I'm thinking that there's no point in doing anything ever again because I was discouraged, man. I was hurt. I got all this regret going on. I got so many things in my life, and it's not good for me personally, like, just for my self-care that a lot of us care about. Like, it's not good for my self-care, man. Like, I don't need to keep putting myself through all this. And God's saying, uh, okay, great. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let me just tell you it again. And so, so often, we have this viewpoint of what Moses is doing in this moment, right? And so it's so easy to say, oh, Moses, you shouldn't have said that. But what are the odds that you would have said something different in this same scripture, right? So God's telling Moses to repeat something that was unsuccessful the first time. You see, God God is not just the God of all the successful things. Sometimes dealing with messed up people like me and you, dealing with sinful people like me and you, dealing with people who can't get life straight like me and you, God knows that it's going to be unsuccessful sometimes. God knows there's going to be hiccups in the road sometimes. God knows there's going to be sin sometimes. God knows there's going to be temptation sometimes. 
And so for a moment, just quit thinking like, there's no sense in repeating this. There's no sense in doing this again. There's no sense in me even trying again. Think from God's point of view, like we talked about last week. Think for a moment from God's perspective. From God's perspective, there is so much more at stake here. There's heaven and hell at stake. There's not only my mess ups or my screw ups, there's heaven and hell at stake. And there are other people who need to hear about him. And so maybe God has this thing rigged to where, listen, you are going to fail. And the whole reason for that is to say, there's a God big enough to allow me to do it again and again and again, and he's going to be patient with me, he's going to have grace with me, and he's going to allow me to continue to get the work done. So here's what this means. Your current situation may be a result of a past decision, but your current decisions should never be affected by your past failures. Does that kind of make sense? Probably not. Let me say it again. Your current situation that you're in right now, this may be a direct Approach. this may be a direct effect from all the past decisions. So maybe you're in a really bad spot right now, right? Maybe you're in a really bad spot, and that was caused by something that happened in the past. There are repercussions for your decisions, and that's what we see in life. That's what God tells us. There's going to be repercussions for your decisions. There's going to be things. There's going to be actions against sin, right? So we see there's going to be repercussions, and so we see this whole idea that our current situation, even though it's bad and it's rough, that may be a direct correlation of the crazy decisions you have made in the past, right? Like Pastor Allen says, they're just stupid people making stupid decisions, right? And that's what we see a lot of times. But your current decisions, think about it, the things that you can choose to do right now, they should never be affected because you have messed up in the past. Think about this. Think about all the opportunities God gives you on a week-to-week basis. And he says, just don't, don't pay attention to where you failed. Like you've owned up to it. You've repented from it. Would you please move on? Would you please just trust me and know that I have way better plans for you? And I feel so often that many of us, myself included, that we, we do this. And God puts us in specific positions where we have to make decisions that either glorify his name 100% or that don't glorify his name at all. And so many of us, because of something that was brought up or because what we can think or because something that we can maybe remember, whatever the situation may be, we say, no, God, I I would really rather not do that. I would really rather not do that all over again. God, you know how much it hurt me. You know how much that that calls me pain. And can I just tell you, God does know how much it hurts you, and he is very, very close to you. But at the same time, there is a mission there. There's a God that doesn't just love you, but he loves your friend who refuses to come to church with you. He loves that person, that coworker who is out doing things they don't need to be doing every single weekend. He loves that person who you may label a hypocrite. He loves that person even that don't deserve it. And so maybe, just maybe through your life and through you saying, God, I'm not gonna allow my decisions and all of my uh my little roadblocks here, God, and which way should I go to be affected by what I've already messed up with? No, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge it by your grace and that you're allowing me to make another decision, that you're allowing me to continue in this walk. And so, God, I'm not going to let my failures do what failures do best and hang me up for the rest of my life. God, I'm going to move on and I'm going to go to bigger and better things. It's interesting because, because God told Moses to do it again, even after he failed. Get this, we know that the past has no power on us tonight. Get this, this is very encouraging. It should be to every single person in the room. 
Get this, because of what God is doing with Moses in this moment. So God is telling Moses, do it again. Like, do it again. Do do it one more time for me because I know you failed. I know that you were not successful. I know that there's some regret. I know that there's a lot of questions, but do it again. Here's what we get from that. We know that the past, everything you can think of, it has no power on you. If it did, God would not have kept going in this verse. God would not have said, okay, since the past has power on you, I'm just going to stop using you in this moment. And I know you're only 18 years old, but, like, I'm sorry, you're going to just live a life that's totally useless for the rest of your life because of that, that decision that you made. No, we see that God, in his mercy, he says, I know what you've done. I know what happened. I know the regret. I know all the things. But you got to understand, the past, it has no power on you. It has no pull on your soul. You see, the only thing that has enough pull for all of that combined is his cross that he died on for you. And so often we put the spotlight, man, on our regret, on our sin, on our shame, and we just leave the cross in the background where, well, well, maybe somebody will stumble upon it eventually. Maybe someone will eventually see the blood of Jesus Christ dripping off the cross for their sins. I'm not going to use my life to show them that. I'm going to maybe, maybe let them stumble upon it. Maybe they'll trip on it or something on their way to class or something. Maybe I'm not going to air my business out. God doesn't call us to live like that. So regret isn't a sin issue, but it's an obedience issue. This is what Moses, I believe, is ultimately telling us as we walk through this tonight. It's not, it's not a sin issue. It's really about the obedience that you have inside of your life. You see, regret, here's how you tell the difference. Regret is, is the result, obviously, of sin inside of your life. We know that, right? Regret is the result of what has happened. But it should encourage you to even more boldly obey Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, whenever you, man, whenever you mess up, whenever there's these things like regret that you need to cancel inside of your life, they are never there so you, can, so you can look at them and see, okay, well, I, I'm just going to continue to shrink back in my relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to continue to shrink back what he's calling me to do. No, here's, here's the overarching power of the cross and what our God has done for us is that even in our very worst times, even in our sin times, even in our regret times, what happens is it makes it to a, to a place to where we don't put the focus on necessarily what has happened inside of our life, but what has even already happened before that because of what Jesus has done for us. And so what happens as a follower of Jesus is that you should, you should get boldness. You, you should have the boldness to say, all right, I tripped up. I have regret. I've made this decision like Moses did. Like, God, I'm, I'm asking all kinds of questions. I don't know what's going on. Why are you asking me to do this over and over again? God, when I failed the first time and even the second time, I don't understand these things. But you know what I am going to do as a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is inside of me, what's going to happen is there should be this bold obedience that builds up inside of you. And you should literally get sick of your own sin. That's what scripture says. Scripture says we should literally get sick of our own sinful nature. And so from that, there's this bold obedience boiling up. And so we're like, man, man, I know, I know that's in my life, but you don't understand. Like I, I serve the God who, who has put boldness in me. Like he has put joy in me. He has put all these things. And so therefore, I'm not going to cower down to sin and regret and all these things, but I'm, I'm going to stand up because I have the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to boldly obey what he has told me to do. Even though I failed, even though there's regret, I'm going to boldly obey. So this is what Moses is teaching us, that obedience in the midst of regret is only possible 
by never taking your eyes off of Jesus. You need to take note of that tonight. This is what Moses is literally going through. In the midst of his failure and his regret, he is saying it is possible to have obedience, get this, in the midst of regret. Those two things can mix together. You can have regret and shame and all these things, but you should always have obedience inside of your life, right? But it's only possible by never taking your eyes off Jesus. You cannot say that you're living in total freedom, and you cannot say that you're living in bold obedience to Jesus Christ if you are completely hung up on your past, if you are hung up on your sin. You can't say that. That doesn't go together biblically. But what we see is as we keep our eyes on Jesus, and what I mean by that is obviously not physically, but like as we keep our eyes on the the action that he has done for us and we know that he has sacrificed for us and we know what his word says about his forgiveness and we know what his word says about the past, that he has has trampled over it. He has crippled it, right? There's all these things happening. We We know what he says about it. That's how we keep our eyes on Jesus. It's not just reading scripture, but we obey. We, we stare at it. We, we've mesmerized over it. And we're like, God, I don't know how there's a way, but God, somehow you have made a way. Somehow you have made a way for me to obey in the midst of all of my ugliness. We're going to end with a quote. It's going to be on your screen. It says it like this. God wanted Moses to be persistent in his obedience. Isn't that a cool way to put this? Not to look at Pharaoh, not to look at the children of Israel, not to look at even himself, but to look at God and God alone. Isn't this very relieving tonight? (laughs) As we not just look at this story, but as you look at your life and you see this, like God never changes yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. And this is what we see about God is that he literally wants Moses. He, want, he, do, he doesn't, doesn't want Moses to be, to be perfect by any means. He doesn't want Moses to never mess up by any means again. But he wants him to be persistent in his obedience. You see, one thing that we can all do in the room right now, we can all be obedient. We can all choose to say, God, I'm going to obey whatever you tell me to do inside of my life. God, I'm not going to look in Moses' situation at Pharaoh or the children of Israel or basically all the times I've failed, all the times I've had regret. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to stare that down. I'm not going to have a staring competition with those things in my life. But, God, what I am going to do, what you're calling me to do, is you're calling me to be persistently obedient. And I would just have you ask yourself a question like right now as, as we're about to close. Like, ask yourself the question, would you, would you define your life as being persistently obedient? I'm not asking, would you define your life as regret, as shame, as guilt? I'm not asking those things. I'm asking, would you say that you are persistently obedient? Would you say that you, you know what God says? Like you've read this book and you've seen it change your life. You've seen it change your friends' lives. You've seen it change your family, your parents, some of you. And this God, the author of this book, he is saying, he is saying, listen, I love you. And I'm asking one thing of you and simply obey me. I I just, I need you to obey me. He is saying, if you will just obey me, 
if you will just make it a point to not be perfect, man, to not ever mess up, but just obey what I have to tell you. Don't look at what Satan has done. Don't look at what evil has done or temptation. Look at what I have done and be obedient. Look at God and God alone. And many of you say, man, that would be super easy. Well, clearly it's not. Clearly it's not because many of us are, are held back even right now. And the reason this place is not packed out is because I, I truly believe that like every single one of us, we, we are not out being persistently obedient. We settle with what we have every single week. We settle with our shame and our guilt and our complacency and we settle with being very comfortable. And I would just ask yourself the question like, have I, have I been obedient even this week? with what God has called me to do. So that is my challenge for you. My, my challenge as we go into this time, it's never a gimmick, I'm never gonna beg you to be obedient. But has, has this God wrecked you enough to where you say, man, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of living the same life and I'm tired of living the same decisions and the same failures. And I'm tired of only being about myself and I know I need to be about other people because until we are group if I could just speak to all of you until we are God is not going to do things that we can only describe as his hand inside this ministry we're going to continue week to week with the same things the same routine the same schedule but don't you just wonder what would happen if you were obedient and you said God this life is about you I know I've stolen your glory sometimes by my sin and my failures, but God, ultimately, it doesn't, it doesn't fade. So as we go into this time, you guys, please, please be honest with yourself and don't just be honest with yourself, but, but let's make some, some changes. But let's, let's make something happen. Because I'll be honest with you, God, God is not gonna do any more than what he's already done. He's done every single thing to get to you. Now we know that it's up to us. Like, what, what is our response? What is our response to a God that only requires obedience? So Jesus, we, we want to just come before you as we, as we have studied. God, just some more of the life of Moses. And God, we, we want to first of all say that, God, we are sorry. We're sorry for where we have, we have put regret and our failures above your forgiveness and above your grace. And God, so tonight I pray, God, that people wouldn't just be bold in obedience, but God, they would, they would be bold in action. God, they would say, I'm, I'm gonna make a change like right now. Like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do something with my life. God, help us just not be people that sit here and soak it up and go out and live our lives. God, I, I pray, Jesus, I, I know that you, you can't do the work that we don't allow you to do. God, we have to be willing. We have to be, we have to be obedient. You have to know that there's something here. And so God, as we go into this time of response, I pray that is that thing over this group. God, I pray for persistent obedience 
over this group, God, as they get out of their seats, God, and they, they make a move, God, as they, as they sit down in their chair, God, as they go to the back, whatever they do, God, I pray that, God, you would, starting tonight, God, you would, you would make us look different. God, you would do something with our lives, and God, heaven forbid, is something that is not about us. So, God, I pray that we would be very good at getting the attention off of ourselves, even our failures. And God, I pray that we would make it a point, God, to shine a light on you and your glory, like starting right now. So Jesus, we we pray that you would have your way, God, and we're confident that you will. It's in Jesus' name that we ask, amen.